welcome back so we have talked about the concept of born again what it means to be born again we've also talked about how to be saved salvation what it is we're being saved from how should we get that salvation how can we become saved so in this third part I will be talking about how not to be saved or how not to be born again having talked about born again being saved and how to be saved and how to be born again I'll talk about how not to be saved and or how not to be born again and then remember I've said the idea of being saved and being born again is one thing basically identifying with Christ and being a child of God that's the process being born again and being saved so it's important to address this part I'm about to delve into which is how not to be saved um, this is necessary because of the approach the different approaches that people have taken to being saved and being born again when I say people I mean even people who are Christians people who have read their Bibles and they still do some of these things or they still have some of this mentality and I am handling this topic to make sure you're not one of them so I will start by explaining what the issue is people mistake salvation for efforts you will likely hear the scripture which says work out your salvation with fear and trembling so that's in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 uh, a lot of people have mistaken that to mean that you actually have to work out your salvation to something to get salvation to be saved because it says this but no that's not what it means so let me explain what that means very quickly um, verse 12 of Philippians chapter 2 says wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling you see the beginning of the verse the verse is not just walk out your salvation but still wouldn't mean you know effort as you have always obeyed not only in my absence which has been your pattern your way no, not only in my presence do same in my absence that's what it's telling them you've been obeying the word that's what it says the word of God as you have obeyed these teachings these precepts these tenets you have obeyed them in my app in my presence also do that in my absence 
So this phrase or this construction, work out your own salvation, fear and trembling, is referring to that. He says, obey even when nobody is there with you. Do that. So he says, with fear and trembling, act as if someone was there. Do it with that consciousness, with that fear, even if no one is watching you. That's what it means to walk out to salvation, with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean anything else. It doesn't mean you should do anything to get salvation. No. It's here in the Bible. It says, as you have obeyed in my presence, not only in my presence, also do that in my absence. Do it as if someone was watching you with fear and trembling. That's the meaning of that verse. So it should not be taken out of context and um, the first part should not be removed while trying to interpret the second part. Okay? Well, that was just part one of this um, topic. I was trying to explain what a lot of people have misunderstood to mean working out your salvation. So, as I have explained in the other messages, salvation comes by acknowledgement of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, and He died and was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. And, of course, proceeding to getting baptized by water, and getting filled by the Holy Ghost. So that is how to be saved. So, there is no other way recorded in Scripture that leads to salvation other than believing in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll take it to the book of Acts, verse 10. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. See that. Salvation is belief in the name of Jesus Christ. Belief in the personality of Jesus Christ. In the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is Son of God. Believing in Jesus Christ, that's it. That's salvation. So there is none other. There is no salvation anywhere else. There is no, there's nowhere else you will find how to get saved. So this is how to get saved. You study the scriptures, that's what you will see. How to get saved. Believing in Jesus Christ. And doing all he asks you to do. Alright, it's important to address this because there are people who think you should be able to tell a person's born again status by their actions. No. As a, as a matter of fact, no. Of course, there is such a thing as Christian conduct, godly conduct, of course. You will expect when someone is born again, 
you will ex you will expect certain conducts from them but it doesn't always mean that every born again lives up to that expectation but again the fact that they don't live up to that expectation doesn't mean they are not born again it doesn't negate their born again status it's important as we have understood how to be born again or how to be saved if you look at it critically you also understand that the reverse has to be the reverse of those conditions what have i just said the way to be born again is the same way to not be born again so if you become born again by believing in jesus christ and accepting his lordship for a person to say you know this person is not born again it means that person does not believe in the lordship of jesus christ and that person does not believe in getting baptized and being saved that's it he doesn't tell us that you have to do this for example you will find some born again christians who um who do what they are not supposed to do for example you find that you'll find that some christians do lie they may even steal they may even fornicate but that does not mean they are not born again it doesn't mean they're not christians it doesn't at all because now listen to this you were not born again because of the things that you stopped doing let's get this part now you're not born again because you stopped doing evil you stop doing evil because you are born again while it may be one and the same thing emphasis is important a person stops stealing because he's born again the person is not born again because he stopped stealing a person stops lying because he's born again the person does not become born again because he stopped lying this will this will make you understand that some of the people who are not doing the things that you think you you may call bad it will explain why some of those people are not born again for example you look at um some of the popular atheists you look at their lives they may be living quote unquote the good life right philanthropy don't tell a lie stick with one woman be in one marriage you know nice moral values and all of those things now if you want to judge by actions you actually think that those people are born again because they are living what you may mistake for a righteous life but no the only way to be born again to be saved to be a child of god is to believe in jesus christ and do his word that is getting baptized and getting filled with the holy ghost if you don't do this it doesn't matter what you have done in the world it doesn't matter how many people you have helped out of poverty it doesn't matter if you have never told a lie your entire life it doesn't matter if you haven't stolen someone else's property it doesn't matter you are doomed that's what jesus says they that believe not shall be damned little acts of kindness it's not those acts of kindness that justify you before god your justification before god is acceptance of the lordship of jesus christ accepting jesus that he is lord accepting jesus that he is the son of god 
That's what gives you salvation. And you become born again by getting baptized and getting filled with the Spirit of God. Anything other than this, it doesn't matter what you're doing. That is why sometimes you may hear something like, you know, someone saying that they are better than people who go to church because some people who go to church act in a way, you know, that they are not supposed to act. That's a different problem altogether. But it doesn't mean that you who doesn't go to church is any better. That's blatant disregard for the instructions of God. The person who may not be living right as they should, or at the very least they are obeying that instruction and going to church to fellowship. At least they're trying. So you can't say because a person a person told a lie and you don't tell a lie, you're better than that person when you're not going to church. That's not how God judges it. Of course, God doesn't want us to sin. He doesn't want us to continue living in sin. But that's a different issue altogether. Living in sin. Living in unrighteousness. It is possible for Christians to live in unrighteousness. That is true. It is. We have a lot of Christians wallowing in unrighteousness. It It will hurt them. Okay, it's to their undoing. When you have Christians who live that life, it's to their undoing. It's not right. And of course, they will face whatever consequences come out of there. I'll give you an analogy. A lion and a goat. You know, a lion, as we understand, a lion is a carnivorous animal. So it eats flesh and eats other, right? It's um, flesh, other animals. And then a goat is herbivorous, so it eats herbs, leaves, plants. Now, one will not be eating the other. So you will not have a goat, for example, hunting down other animals to feed. And you will not have the lion eating grass or plants. It's not built for that. It's not designed. That's not its nature. But just imagine a lion who is born, okay, a cub, because it wants to explore. It um, it forms. It begins a habit. It forms a habit of eating plants, right? So we have a lion that eats plants, eats grass. Perhaps the lion is enticed by the movement of the goat's the goat's mouth when the goat is eating its plants. You know, the cub might feel there's something the goat is enjoying there. So let me go find out. I think I should enjoy it. And then the the cub goes and gets accustomed to it. But of course, the cub is warned by its mother. Don't eat that. It will hurt you. It's not good for you. But the, the cub somehow you know, develops fondness for that habit and starts and continues eating the plant. Now, does that stop the lion, the lion cub from being a lion cub? No. It just makes it a lion cub that eats grass. (laughs) A lion is a lion. The nature of the lion is the lion itself. It's a lion. It's not grass because it's not, it's, not, it's not a goat because it eats grass. 
you see that so you when you put these things into perspective you will see that the lion for example is a lion not because of what it eats but because of what it is same with the goat now make no mistake about it eating grass can hurt eating of those plants it can hurt the lion it can it can it can hurt his stomach and guess what it can actually kill the lion the lion which eats grass because it was not designed to eat grass it wasn't in its nature it wasn't supposed to do that in the first place but if it goes ahead to continue in that habit it could die and of course when it dies it only has itself to blame but make no mistake about it even in death it remains what a lion it was just a lion that was stubborn unwise maybe impatient so it's the same thing as the question the moment you become a Christian you remain a Christian because you did not become a Christian because of the things that you did or did not do no if you were if you were a serial liar or serial whatever and you stop that and you stop doing those things it doesn't make you a question what happens is that when you become a Christian and study the Word of God you find out that you are not supposed to do those things and then you stop doing those things because you have become a Christian so it's important that we have this perspective in order the reason is that many times the devil uses guilt as a tool to hold us down so a Christian who makes a mistake who does what he's not supposed to do can remain there because of self-condemnation and you think because of what I have done God doesn't want me anymore God doesn't love me anymore and you just remain there but that's not true God loves you even more because you acknowledge him and he wants you to get better he doesn't want you to remain there so I'm reading to you from Ephesians chapter 2 yeah Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 Apostle Paul speaking he says for by grace are ye saved through faith see that through faith you're saved by grace and that not of yourself it is the gift of God great salvation is given to you free of charge not because of your handiwork not because you worked it out with fear and trembling it comes to you free of charge if you believe as we have read in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10 if you confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved you have this salvation free of charge you don't have to do nothing for it you actually don't have to stop or start anything for the salvation it is that when you become saved you fall in love with Jesus Christ and when you fall in love with Jesus Christ automatically you resent these things some of these things I used to enjoy they leave you automatically because the Holy Spirit helps you and for some of those habits for some of those habits that may have been strong the Holy Spirit comes in to help you Romans chapter 8 verse 11 
And it says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Have you seen that? So, if you have, you know, certain traits that can seem to um, overcome some habits that you think are too strong, Yes, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit will vitalize your mortal body. He comes in and He helps you with those. So you don't have to struggle. Of course, God knew all of this ahead of time. He knew ahead of time, so He made arrangements for it. But what's important is, you, is that you do not judge yourself. You always remain in His love. Stay there and know that you became saved not because of what you did and also you are not going to become unsaved because of what you do it's important you may have told a lie last night it doesn't mean that your salvation was taken away from you it wasn't it remains you just become you, you're just a christian that told a lie last night you were not supposed to tell a lie don't stop doing that stop doing this bad stuff and stay with the lord Simple as that. But make no mistake about it. You are still a Christian. You are still a child of God. And God loves you. And you do not have to give your life to Him again. You already did before. It's just that you are misbehaving with the life that you gave to Him. That's all. Hallelujah. So it's important. Verse 9 of Philippians chapter, um, Ephesians chapter 2 says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. So do not boast of the salvation. Okay. So don't say, I, I did this and I did that. So to be saved, to be a child of God is not easy. You have to do this, you have to do that. No, no. If you have to do anything, you, you would be attempting to play down on the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Don't do that. It came to you for free. You became saved. You became a child of God free of charge. All you have to do afterwards is to study the Word of God. Find, study, learn more about the person of Jesus Christ, whom you have believed, in whom you have believed, and to whom you have given your life. But the bottom line is, how not to be saved is to use your efforts. And because it is not by your efforts, you do not become unborn again or unsaved because of what you do or not do. Hallelujah.